This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Before I get into the subject matter today, let me just tell you a little story, kind of a fun little story, if you will. I've had this vision, I think I mentioned to you, that I'd like to have a fire outside on Christmas Eve. My uh, uh, son's coming home, and um, it might be one of the few times that my son and and daughter will be able to spend Christmas together. And, uh, you know, besides the excitement, he's in the Air Force, he's down in Texas, and he hasn't been uh, back home in, I guess, about a year and a half now. April would have been a year or so. Yeah, about a year and a half, little about 20 months. Pretty good stay away from home, first push after college, and we're excited to see him. I'm riled up. He's coming in uh, the week before. We're going to celebrate Christmas early, and it's really going to be fantastic. So, uh, you know, uh, we like to kind of do things uh, hillbilly style, <laughs> you know, big old bonfires and rolling around in the dirt and popping off air rifles and throwing hatchets, uh, you know, axe throwing in the backyard. Maybe sometimes we settle down, we play a little coits or we do a little beanbag toss, maybe some uh, horseshoes or something like that. But lately it's been the axe throwing, maybe a little air rifle. And always a fire. It's cool. Everything kind of revolves around that. It's really amazing. It's always, uh, I always loved camping, being outside, and it just, you know, gives us the ability to do that pretty much, uh, you know, almost as often as we like. And so Christmas being no exception, I'd really like to have this fire outside. Now, the idea of having our normal bonfire, and I got some massive logs to burn. I'm stoked. Like, you know, the max, you you know, a person could possibly move on their own. I mean, some of them, uh, you know, I can't, I can't move by hand. I needed a hand truck to move them or my cart and, uh, it just make a, a big old fire. And I'm actually thinking about reshaping the fire pit. This isn't why I brought it up. I'm thinking about going with more of a, a longer instead of a circle, like more of a rectangle so that you kind of have a wall of heat. So it kind of struck me with the with the fire, you know. It's you, it's like uh, I don't know. You're either hot or you're not. If you're too cl- if you're close enough to be warm, you're hot, and that's kind of the problem. And uh, especially for my daughter, who's seven years old, she's about to be eight. So, but you know, she's young, and she's uh, you know, I don't think has two ounces of body fat on her. She's like a weed, and. Uh, you know, she gets cold. So, and my son's coming in from Texas. And so I thought, you know, how do I make this comfortable? One way is I think I'm going to, I'm going to elongate the the burn pit and we're just going to burn some big stuff. But even with that, I think there's a good chance that it's going to be hard to be warm, especially if we're going to be out there for any length of time, which it's going to end up being like, you know, eight, 10 hours. I guarantee you. I got uh, these chocolate stuffed marshmallows. I got these, I got new skewer sticks. You know, they're four feet long. They're retractable, which is just much more convenient. It was time for an upgrade on that. 
we had these these old ones for a while. They don't retract. And uh, it's just a pain. They're always falling down, and then they're in the dirt, and then they're dirty. And if you, you know, toasting marshmallows, it's a real pain. These are real serious camping dilemmas I'm talking about here. you got to be prepared. <laughs> We've got all kinds of cordless spotlights. You go out there and, and axe throwing in the dark. You're going to put the dogs away in those circumstances. I got these chocolate-filled marshmallows for ro- I got a whole case of them. I kid you not. Maybe I went a little overboard, true enough. But, you know, I wanted to be ready. It's going to be a good time. But the, the cold, what do you do about the cold? And I thought, well, you know, if it's really windy or, if it, you know, here sometimes you get, you know, like uh, uh, Saturday morning here is, is raining, you know, fierce, something fierce. You probably got uh, an inch of rain Saturday morning. That's the way the winters go here sometimes. If it snows, if there's no wind, that would be beautiful, actually. That would probably be uh, almost ideal. Clear and warm snow would be fun for Christmas Eve, right? So I do have an alternate plan, which uh, I can put use my burn barrel in my driveway, which, you know, we're going from hillbilly to ghetto style, but I don't mind. I'm comfortable in, in either skin. And... Uh, we kind of, you know, uh, park the cars tandem, and then the, our driveway comes down. We have a retaining wall there, and so it creates a nice wind block, and you get the heat reflection off the ass. So it would be very nice. And if it's raining, we can uh, duck into the garage and hang out like men do in the cave. And my daughter will be there, and it'll be fun. I'm sure my wife will join us, too. I don't mean to exclude her. I would just say she's not quite as up on the outdoor, some of the more, you know, especially the fires as as we are. So that's what I'm looking to do. But you still got this cold issue. Even if it's in the driveway, we would have been out there. I mean, you start getting down below 30. And, you know, even with a little bit of wind, you know, you're down around 25, 22 with the wind chill. And, you know, a couple hours in and you're just sitting there, you're just standing around talking or whatever. And it gets a little chilly. So my idea was to get this heated vest. I think I mentioned it to you. Well, I got it. And let me just, I know I've been yammering on a little bit for this here, but I think this is, is interesting. Uh, you know, the whole how it's all worked out and what I'm hoping to get out of it. I think it's going to work out great. So I get this thing. Of course, I, you know, I, 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 as soon as the, the package arrives, uh, you know, uh, I'm up there opening this thing and testing it. And actually, um, I think it was raining or something. I couldn't test it when I first got it. And so I had to wait till the next day. And it was uh, it wasn't super cold. And um, it worked really well. I had it on over a t-shirt. I was hoping to have it on over a t-shirt and just wear a sweatshirt and be comfortable in you know pretty cold weather. And it's not quite that. Uh, it's like a seat warmer for your body. You know, it really is a nice, comfortable heat. Um, so I had to use uh, two sweatshirts, I think. If there's a wind, you know, you got to cut the wind. That's a real problem. You know, I'm, I'm not sure that it, anything overcomes the, the wind other than, you know, the proper, you need like a, a, a jumpsuit set up for real cold weather. And you could heat that too, you know, or, or real windy weather and, you know, you know, Big thick hat with earmuffs and stuff. If it if you're down in, you know, sub twenty with wind, you know, you can start getting hurt in those kind of temperatures with that kind of wind. So, um, anyway, I don't know that's going to overcome that. But you know, as long as it's say, you know, 
maybe above 30 with a little to no wind, I think we could do it with the vest. And so uh, I tried it over a sweatshirt, and that was a different kind of heat. It was actually very nice. doesn't warm you up as much, uh, but it, it's a gentler heat. I don't know how to, to explain it. It just kind of keeps you warm. Good for working like that, I think. If I was going to work, be working outside, I'd put it on low, and I'd wear it over a sweatshirt and a sweatshirt on top of it. It just has this – it's a very thin vest. This is the one I got. They have different kinds. You can get heated jackets. Um, but I like the heated vest that you can wear it under a jacket, over a sweatshirt, like I said. Uh, you can get anything heated with battery. And basically, any USB battery will plug into it. So the early test I did, um, and so I had a sweatshirt, you know, you still have to wear the appropriate gear over it, gloves if need be, a hat. <clears throat> um, you know, it's uh, it doesn't, like I said, overcome it, but definitely adds to the comfort very nicely. Well, out of the box, I think I got about two hours out of this thing. And, you know, of course, I was burning it on high, but that's what I was comfortable on. I thought, you know, uh, two hours sucks. I was really disappointed in that. Uh, well, it turns out that, and I didn't really check, but I don't think the batteries were fully charged. They weren't fully charged coming out of the box. So then I fully charged them. Well, um, I got, like, I think about five hours. I wasn't on high the whole time. Um because that's the other thing. As I would get a little warm, I would turn it down. And it's nice. You can adjust it. Three different zones and three different levels of heat for each zone. Your neck. And I'll tell you something else. I think it's very therapeutic for me, anyway, having the heat on my back. I found that, you know, I'd be standing. I like to stand outside or be walking. I don't like sitting around. I don't mind sitting around a campfire, believe me. But it's not really what I would do all the time. I just, I, you know, I like to be up and moving. I don't want to sound like I'm some kind of jackrabbit because I'm not, but uh, but I'm not, I wouldn't say the type of person who just sits around and does nothing. And so sometimes I'll be standing, you get a little achy, you know, my back, my, well, with this heat, and you can squat down and stretch, just feels much more loose. So I'm going to say four to five hours good usage out of the stock battery. Well, Understand that you can plug a USB battery. And I had to expand our battery bank anyway. All of our, our cordless floodlights uh, also serve as a battery, but you're not going to plug your vest into the floodlight. You know what I mean? So uh, I got the two more small, 30,000 30, amp hours or whatever that is, which is a pretty high capacity. And I got two of them for like 30 bucks. And they're light. it's like the size of an iPhone. You slip it in the... In the um, in the vest pocket. Now I haven't tested that yet, but I'm guessing eight to ten hours out of that. But even if I don't, even if I get uh, if I get six to eight, I mean, I, you know, I'm not outside at this point. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say six hours. You know, eight. I, you know, in one sitting, you know, we'd be back inside doing something normally. Um, but even then, you're right, if you're going back out, you'd want an extra battery. But at this point, I have two stock batteries and then two high capacity. I can change it out. My daughter came down. So it turns out my daughter was thinking about getting me a heated jacket for Christmas. I had no idea. I got her a heated vest that hasn't come yet. So I'm very excited. We're going to have a fire, God willing. The only thing that shut us down at this point is uh, heavy wind or torrential rains. Otherwise, we are good to go. We've got 
fuel, we've got food, we've got gear, and uh, ample room. We are ready to go. Locked, cocked, and ready to go for Christmas Eve. So, oh, oh, I almost forgot. The the marshmallow-filled chocolate balls for real chocolate hot cocoa. I'm not messing around. It's no time to play. I'm telling you, we're getting on it. It's going to be, Santa's going to be proud. Santa's going to be proud. The decorations, it's unbelievable. I'm so excited. What are you going to do? So, that's Christmas. I'm sure I'll be talking about it every single day leading up to then. You get sick of hearing me talk about it. Hey, you ever heard the phrase, getting the short end of the stick? You ever heard anybody say that? I don't know that you hear that. You don't hear these phrases as much as we used to, but. Uh, you know, it's a phrase that's been around a long time. It kind of means like you got a bad deal is the way I always thought of it. Well, uh, I looked into it a little bit. And before there was money, or if there was a shortage of money, this is back hundreds and hundreds of years. I don't know how far back. I, I could have checked, I guess. But anyway, they use these things called a tally stick. You ever use the, you know, hash marks to tally? Right, instead of you know writing numbers, it's a great way to keep track of something. Well, they had these tally sticks that they would use to uh, to keep track of any debt. So, uh, let's just say that you owed me five dollars and you didn't have it either because the currency didn't exist, or you know I was lending you the money, or you know whatever the case would be. You owed me five bucks. Well, we would take this stick. And, you know, it would be a piece of wood that had like a, it almost looked like a key, really. It had a certain shape to it. Um, and I'm sure there was an evolutionary process to this. But anyway, you had this stick, and you'd put five notches on it. And um, then you'd split the stick in half. And the bigger half would be mine, meaning that you got the short end of the stick, meaning that you owed me $5. That's how you did that. Right, five, you know that you owe me five. I know that you owe me five, and we know we know that it's five because there's five marks on each half. We tore it in half, and we know that you owe me the money because my half of the stick is bigger than yours. That's what the term "getting the short end of the stick." Actually, as I looked into it, it's kind of a fascinating history, really, when you think about it. Uh, that we might need to revisit when the currency collapses. You know, there, there really does need to be local currency plans in place that in the event of a massive collapse that that society can continue on. This is a great way to do it. doesn't need electric, doesn't need any technology, doesn't need any paper or pens. It can just be implemented. Fascinating, really. Uh, but the phrase, getting the short end of the stick, here's, here's what it, the, the meaning of it is, at least according to uh, Cambridge Dictionary. Getting the short end of the stick, that phrase means to be in a worse position or situation or to be treated worse than anyone else. Getting screwed, basically. So why is it that we, the working people in this country, keep getting the short end of the stick? Why is it that there's so many people so so willing to work against that being allowed to even happen? Well, it's because our, our, reputa- our, our uh, representation has become corrupted. Our media has become corrupted. Many of our institutions are corrupted. The people have become corrupted. What does it mean to become corrupted? What do I mean when I say that our, our representation, our government, our politicians have become corrupted? Well, 
Here's what the definition is. Having or showing a willingness to act dishonestly in return for money or personal gain um, or made unreliable by errors or alterations to a cause to act dishonestly in return for money or personal gain, change or debase by making errors or unintentional alterations. So uh, you heard me talk about national security laws. I've said many times, if you hear the term national security law start coming around, you better run. Now, the fact of the matter is, do you know we do have national security laws? And they're actually a little freaky. And I guess if you look at it, there's two ways of looking at things. I hate that term, but there are multiple ways of looking at things. I suppose you could say it's a necessary type of law for the preservation. You know, have people openly, uh, you know, carrying out rebellions against the government by law, not allowed to defend your own government. That you couldn't do it. But even if you want to argue that it's a necessary type of law, uh, that when it's abused, like Stalin did and many others, it can be a very vicious tool for evil. You know, many, many millions of people suffered horribly and died viciously under Stalin. And it's not ancient history. People want to act like, oh, Stalin, it was like a million years ago. No, it wasn't. Stalin was running torture camps that held millions of prisoners in icy northern work work camps called gulags. And this was going on in the 50s. In the 50s, while Americans were watching TV on their black and white TVs and going to Disney. And, and, and what, I think there was, a, when, when did we put a man on the moon? Was that the 60s? I guess I'm a little short of that. And it's not just Russia that was destroyed by, by corrupt, uh, self-serving leaders. Iran, Afghanistan, Venezuela. Just a few countries that within the last 50 years have declined into impoverished hellholes. Do you know, I think it was Stalin, I believe so, met at the Tehran conference in Iran. Iran hosting a, a global meeting with, with the uh, leader of the United States, I believe, I want to say Germany maybe. It wasn't Hitler. It couldn't have been Hitler. Um, I forget. And Stalin. Look it up. The Tehran. What happened to Iran? Now they're a bastion of terror. In what? 70 years. Less than 70 years. When when was it that Iran started the fall? I think it was in the 70s. So it's been like 50 years ago, Iran was like a modern, prosperous country. Afghanistan. Look into it. Venezuela. These are just a few countries. You think it can't happen. The warnings from somebody like Mike Flynn, you think you just take this, this democracy for granted. Iran, Afghanistan, Venezuela, they're just a few that within the last 50 years have declined into impoverished hellholes. Africa, Asia, they have serious problems as well, many of these nations. And it's not that these situations can't be avoided. The, the knowledge and technology to govern well, to govern efficiently, it's all readily available. But the governments, instead of doing good, what do they do? They rob the people, either by, by foolish decisions, debasing, I guess you could say, or unintentional alterations, mismanagement, whatever you want to call it, but usually by greed and deceit. 
somehow they always end up uh, with the bigger end of the stick. Corrupt people that generously and unapology constantly enriching themselves while we keep getting the short end of the stick. To the point where it's more of, a, of an annoyance. It's more of a cost. It's more than a burden. It's to the point that it's threatening our culture, our society, our country, and the future of our stinking children. And so my question about all that is, should the people responsible be held accountable? And if so, how? <laughs> Forget about it. You can't even get term limits. You can't even shake them. You can't even shake them with a stick. How would you hold these people accountable? Give back their fortunes? Send them to prison? Death sentence? Listen to this. I want to share this with you. It's not very long, but I think it's very, very interesting. This is from the Lincoln Institute talking about this idea of violating the public trust. It says, actions by government leaders have a profound effect on our nation. Irresponsible actions have a devastating effect that elected officials are passing on tough decisions to future generations is irresponsible and embarrassing. When there was fraud, deceit, and irresponsible behavior in the corporate world, Congress passed the uh, Sabarnes-Oxley bill, which was intended to improve governance and reduce the likelihood of fraud. It made actions by CFOs and CEOs and board members subject to criminal prosecution. And rightfully so, right? It is sad but not surprising that government has never held itself responsible to the public for its actions. In the broadest way, I mean, no oversight in most cases. Very, very little. Huge swaths of government with no oversight. In some cases, larger than uh, some countries' entire budgets. When you look at some of the, the, the Pentagon spending that's buried, look at the money going to Ukraine. You have no idea what it's going for. Military aid. What does that mean? What classifies as military aid? Building new houses under a generous contract to some family member, as if that exact thing hasn't happened within the past uh, 20 years? Who was it? I forget. Uh, uh, I think, uh, not Biden, Dick Cheney maybe? I forget the whole family. There's so many of them, they're all running some kind of scheme. Congress points out uh, the problems of business, yet is unwilling to hold itself to the same standard. This nonsense and the inaction on fixing Obamacare and passing it uh, so irresponsibly in the first place should be a reminder of the damage that can be done by irresponsible actions by our elected leaders. That is a great point. Look at the impact of Obamacare. The huge burden uh, of the cost of this. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to it here today, uh, but I'm going to talk a little bit about this rail worker contract. And it ties in with Obamacare, believe it or not. Because the, the public's looking at the compensation package, oh, $110,000 a year, average compensation for a, 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 a dirty rail worker? My God, $110,000 a year. Well, first of all, that's the compensation package. That's the total cost. And, you know, no, in no other industry is it ever discussed like that, only ever in government. How much do you make? You say, well, I make $110,000 a year. 
Nobody says, what is the all-in cost to you? Nobody says that. Nobody even looks at it. In the case of government, you take that 110000 it's like forty grand for the benefits. Don't quote me on all that, but they, I could tell, give you similar examples. So these guys are making maybe seventy or eighty grand. Because somehow, and a lot of it has to do with Obamacare and a lot of other scamming I'm not going to get into right now. Maybe I will later, probably not. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see how I feel about it. But this added regulation and the costs associated with it, it's being borne by working, most of the burdensome to working class people, again, getting the short end of the stick. A horrible law, a violation of the public trust, to allow it to go on in the clear face of its failures. Just allow it to continue and continue. Well, because it's not politically expedient. Yeah, of course, once the money's flowing, you try to pull it back, and the people that we're getting in are going to scream bloody murder every time. Easy prediction to make. Violations of public trust. Nancy Pelosi's now famous line. This is how, uh, 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 what do you say? Uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the word now. Unqu- not unqualified. Nancy Pelosi's now infamous line. But we have to pass the health care bill so we can find out what's in it. Perhaps the most uh, recent example of government excess abuse and irresponsible behavior. That's the word I was looking for. Irresponsible. Irresponsible behavior in a long line of disastrous conduct for which we, the citizens, are forced to endure. So you got a rail worker making you know, $110,000 a year, 40 of it going to, to insurance costs. So he's making 70, 80, somewhere in that range. And nobody's asking how many hours are they working to make that. And it's unbearable, especially as people get older. You know, guys get into this, you know, they like the overtime. Women, too. In the Declaration of Independence, our forefathers were quite clear. The unanimous declaration of the 13 states of America, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of God's and of nature's God entitle them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. In the same document, the Founding Fathers enumerated all the transgressions of the King of England that precipitated the need for a Declaration of Independence to begin with. What would the case be for independence from from this uh, out-of-control liberal government? What would be the case today? I'll begin. How about the mass execution of millions of unborn babies and and the defilement of of their bodies? How about the castration of young people going on today? Is that not enough? Some people say it needs to be torn down and rebuilt. What more argument could you make? We must never reach the point again where dissolution of our government becomes necessary. It might be too late. But it is time that we the people hold our elected leaders to a standard that they expect us to adhere to. And that's what I wanted to get to. You're welcome for the bravado. Improper actions would include, and then they list these different things, which is a great list. I'm not going to go through all that. Uh, It's kind of a separate matter. But when you have these uh, violations of public trust, right, 
uh, and that would have to be quantified what that would mean. Uh, they're using the case here of uh, uh, failing to account for public funds. It would be a violation of the public trust when leaders are unable to account for appropriated funds or misuse those funds so appropriated. The federal government must be audited annually and release financial statements to ensure complete transparency. Anything less than complete transparency in government is not a free government. It is not a government of the people. How can you possibly say that? And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a a rare few exceptions where information has to be kept secret for for security interests, but it shouldn't be the norm. I'm going to go into, uh, no, let's just keep going here. I was going to say we'll go into it tomorrow. Why not? Let's just keep going. We're having fun. Let me take a drink. I'll be right back. See that? You barely missed me, didn't you? little uh, green tea sweetened with stevia, kind of my go-to. You know what it is in, in, when it starts getting into winter like this and it starts getting cold and gray around here and the days are pretty short, uh, I start to drink an awful lot of coffee. And it starts to mess with my stomach. And as I get older, uh, it's I'm more and more sick. It can actually make me really nauseous, believe it or not. And uh, I actually, uh, Saturday morning, I was uh, I was so nauseous. I actually walked outside. I, I thought I was going to throw up. Just really, the, uh, the acidity of it or whatever. If I'm on an empty stomach or when if I have like a third cup, I can handle two. Uh, but I can't do a third. Shouldn't be drinking. I don't normally drink that much coffee, but in the wintertime, you know, it happens sometimes. So anyway, uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get into that. And especially I was like, man, right out of the gate, my stomach's bothering me. You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I got a couple extra pounds on right now, but otherwise I've been doing all right. I'm going to, I'm going to try and be, you know, so I went to the green tea, green tea with stevia. So it's no calorie. It's got a little caffeine. I just sip that. I get, you know, hydrated, refreshed and ready to go. But, um, uh, Ever since I got that COVID four or five weeks ago, I just like my voice gets a little raspy when I talk. I think Chinese are killing me. I think they probably singled me out. You know, they're like we got to get this guy. Get the, give him the 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 COVID. Uh, give him COVID B. <laughs> a slow, painful death. Right? Not even gonna take me out at the knee. Just a slow drag. That's <laughs> what I'm destined for. I don't know why I talk like that. Who talks like that? What kind of optimism is that? We were talking about heated vests and Christmas, and then you got all political, and now it's just negative, negative, negative. (laughs) What am I talking about violations of the public trust? How about the handling of COVID? Tell me one part of of it that's been successful or makes sense. Now they're saying... Uh, you know, that there's a problem again because people are dying and they've got this this tri-pandemic going on. It's amazing to me that with, even with a tri-pandemic, we're not locking anything down. We're not forcing masks, although there was a couple of threats. Just keep that. Oh, we might need masks again. Yeah. Uh, give it a try. That's all I have to say. Go ahead. Start. That would be perfect. Start up with some mask mandates and some vaccine mandates and. It's just unbelievable, all this stuff getting overturned in court. You're telling me there wasn't a violation of public trust? People lost their jobs, locked out of schools. What should be the penalty for that? You're going to tell me at this juncture that there's not a ton of evidence that it wasn't completely political? 
if not completely made up? I don't know. I don't know what to believe about any of it. But here, listen to this. Now, here's the story if I got it right. You know, you got to fact check this. All right. I'll fact check myself. You know, for credible uh, information, go to the CDC.org or whatever it is. All right. That's where you're going to go learn about the COVID. I'm just yammering on. I'm not that doctor. There. Easy peasy. Okay. Does that satisfy everybody? Just for uh, illustrative purposes, let's say. From what I understand, the, uh, I don't know, the CDC or the White House uh, medical correspondent, I don't know who it is. Um, you know, they got this, this death rate is up and, and most of these, a higher number of these people are vaccinated. And this is a problem, right? And this guy was saying, he says, uh, or like, because uh, the, the news companies are, you know, is this a problem that, the, you know, a third of the country isn't vaccinated? And he's like, oh, no, like 90% of the people have had at least one shot, 90% of adults or something like that. I found that fascinating and kind of unbelievable. In fact, I found a few things, but that's not why I bring it up. Let's just take him at his word a second, okay? Here's what they're saying. They're saying, no, like 90% of the population had at least one shot, you know, so people went along with it. But now with this variant, none of those, none of those previous shots are going to protect you. So, you know, if you're not completely current, then th- that's what's causing the problem. Once again, it's, it's because you, you the, the dirty public, and it's a good thing we have these people in the White House to protect us from you because you refuse to do what you need to do to protect you from yourself and us from you. So go get boosted and shot and, you know, ask him if you could just get, get ask him if there's any reason why he couldn't just take one in each arm just to like really be protected. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying, ask him. You know what I mean? I want to be super duper vaxxed. That's what I want to be. How do I get to that? Because here's what they've done. They changed the the meaning of uh, fully vaccinated. And, and so what is that? It's purposeful confusion. Purposeful confusion that's what? Violation. It's lying. Violations of public trust. Yes, these people should be. Look at the ties to Pfizer. For God's sake, I don't know if you've noticed, you would think that Pfizer owns MSNBC. I'm pretty sure they they practically do. Amazing, really. Really amazing. Here's the, uh, if you want, if you're interested in the facts on this, uh, uh, well, what they say, the facts on this uh, bargaining contract for the rail workers. This is a labor relations um um, group, uh, not not uh, it's it's a um, rail worker uh, professional organization, and it's obviously been completely corrupted, just like the unions. It's not a great deal. It's unbelievable how it gets uh, uh, propagandized. These guys have been getting two and a half percent the last four years. I don't know what it's been exactly. You could look into that. And, and they haven't been keeping pace with inflation, so now they're going to get 14%. They started getting 24% over four years. 14% the first year. Well, that's a lot, big jump. Not when you've been stagnant for the past. I've been talking about this problem. Essentially, they're way behind. Not only are they way behind and need to catch up, what about the money that they, they gave up to the people in the private sector? I don't just go in to go and demand a raise. What are you talking about? The public sector, private sector, as the wages have been going through the roof. 
We went from $8 an hour minimum wage. To, remember the argument for $15 an hour? You got line cooks and busboys here making $25 an hour. I'm not kidding you. All that got blown through. Meanwhile, uh, the, the teacher, the cop, and I know nobody's sympathetic to this, but I'm telling you, you're not being told the full story. Yes, some of these deals, especially in the administrative side, um, you know, uh, the, the, the teacher's administration, uh, there's some super high salaries there. Within the police, I don't, not so much. I don't know about the big police organizations, but as far as local police, uh, you know, and here in the suburbs, you know, like the average cop, they'll make 110, 105, 110 with overtime, maybe a little more now. It's a lot of money. I mean, it's a good pay. It really is. It's a lot of long hours, night shift, weekends, holidays. You know, nobody adds that into the equation. Why don't we have this conversation on Christmas Eve and, and see how people think how much money it is then? Anyway, I'm on the side of the rail workers. I think they got a bad deal. And I'm on the side of labor. I think people deserve a, a, a fair working condition and a fair wage. A lot of people are anti-union. I think I'm anti-corrupt uh, union. I'm pro-worker. Why Why wouldn't people want to organize and, and leverage? I mean, how else are you supposed to have any uh, um, uh, standing in, in a big company, in a world so overpowered by big companies and regulation? There's more of a need for strong unions today than ever. Everybody would benefit from it, quite frankly. There's definitely problems and there's definitely consequences. I'm not saying, oh, union's perfect or go, go, union, union. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, especially in government work, it's a necessary evil. Railways as well. Uh, wealthy Connecticut woman sentenced to a year in prison. This was really disturbing, what was going on here. Um, a gay woman uh, who was filming um, you know, voyeuristic type things, uh, including children uh, undressing. And, uh, you know, and admittedly, I guess, I don't know how this came to light, for you know, some type of gratification purposes, um, it's a fascinating story to me. This is a, a you know wealthy middle-aged woman. Uh, you'd probably never suspect of something like this. You're going to jail for it. Kids traumatized. You hear more and more of this. Monks, monks in Thailand, Buddhist monks. You know they don't talk. They're like you know. I don't know what all they do, celibate, they just squat all day, and I don't know what the whole, you know, Buddhist monk life is like, but, uh, you know, it's very conservative, right? Sent to rehab since they failed drug tests for meth. <laughs> tell me the world's not coming on. Tell me there's not a, a crack in the foundation somewhere. Referee admits to cheating in the Manny Pacquiao title fight. You got to be kidding me. I don't know. What are you going to do? I'm going to wrap it up tomorrow. We're going to talk about Ukraine a little bit. I got a big update coming for you. It's going to be a good one. Think about that whole heated vest idea. I'm telling you, it's going to be fantastic. I'm so stoked. I know you can hear it in my voice. But what more joy could you have than being with your children around a warm campfire, roasting chocolate-filled marshmallows for the love of God? God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Make it a great day.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.